1: Greg Kelly the latest breaking news and opinions entertaining and informative
2: and uh angry <laughs> yeah I can be angry and I'm very angry I'm ve- hey New Jersey what the hell did you ever see in Chris Christie what the hell did you ever see in that guy what was it huh you got to look back he was he was an ordinary humdrum run-of-the-mill. Uh, kind of Republican nobody, got lucky, and then thought he was somebody. Ooh, and then he started acting like somebody. Watch out, Chris Christie. That, it's too easy to make fun of his weight. But, you know, when you're that big, it does make me wonder about whatever. I don't know. All right, look, I struggle with my weight. So then again, it does look like he could have planets orbiting him. Uh, he said this about President Trump yesterday. It doesn't get any swampier than this, any more selfish than this and any more wrong than this. Chris Christie, total swamp guy who will never be president, never be vice president. Uh, if he wants to, uh, be a member of Congress or that's his problem, who cares? Cut 56. Listen to this. This is why I'm upset.
3: So, Chris Christie, you can answer that question. Where does he really stand and why now? Why did he do it now?
1: Well, look, um, Martha, I think that the actions the vice president took on January 6th spoke loudly, and I'm glad he's finally put words to it. I don't know why it took him so long, but I'm glad that he did. Um, And let's face it. Let's call this what it is. January 6th was a riot that was incited by Donald Trump yeah. uh, in an effort to intimidate Mike Pence and the Congress into doing exactly what he said in his own words last week, overturn the election. Wrong. Now, he's tried to do a cleanup on aisle one here um, <laughs> with, and correcting that stuff, but it's not going to change. He actually told the truth by accident. Wrong. He wanted the election to be overturned. All right. Donald Trump did respond um, to what the vice president said, and I think it, it's kind of akin to the kid standing in the corner holding his breath. Um, You know, it's immature, um, and it's beneath the office that he held.
2: Speaking of immature, Christy, what's mature about this guy? Remember when he would mouth off to people on the boardwalk? He would get into fights, physical fights. He'd challenge people to physical fights on the boardwalk. Hey, I'm the governor. Get out of my way. Yeah. Well, none of that stuff is true. Donald Trump did not incite a riot. You can't you know. It's not not only is it not provable. It's just it did not happen. You can you can wish that it happened. You can pretend that it happened. You can, but it didn't happen. And for that swamp guy to say that on ABC News, I guess it's all to appease the uh his, his his bosses. Yeah, he's got bosses. He's got people he works for now. Is that what they want to hear? What is it about? I don't know, but it's disgusting. And uh Donald Trump was, well, I wanted to say that Donald Trump was good to him. I guess maybe he wasn't. But that's fine. That's politics, okay? I think uh, they were on debate stages together, and uh, Christie insulted him. Christie had to drop out of the race real quick. He's still kicking himself for not running in 2012. He might have had a chance back then. So I don't like the guy, and uh, I guess I feel... Do I feel betrayed? No, he doesn't owe me anything. Who do I feel betrayed by? Eh, nobody knows, owes me anything. I would hope that people would live up to their oath of office, and that includes Mike Pence. Now, Mike Pence has always been a weirdo. Let's face it. Mike Pence is, uh, he's like strangely wooden. He's uh, hes just an oddball. And the idea, do you remember he said, you will have your fair ca- you will, everybody will be able to say their piece on january 6th not quite i do think that a false flag operation was uh, unfurled that riot had to have happened with uh support and possibly encouragement from forces loyal to nancy pelosi you tell me why that small cop was waving people in why people entered the Capitol with cops on either side and posing for selfies. And what about those three cops who walked away 30 seconds before Ashley Babbitt was shot? Um, we, were, we had a right to protest. We had a right to object. Under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, Vice President Pence had options. And we... I wasn't looking for one man to overturn an election. I was looking for these votes, these electoral votes, to be sent back to the state capitals to make sure they were all on the up and up. And under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, you can do that. Why are they trying to change the Electoral Count Act amend it, get rid of it? So there's no doubt about what the vice president can or cannot do. Well, that means there's wiggle room right now. Donald Trump pointed this out. So all right, whatever, Uh, I'm ready to move on past January 6th, although in a way I'm not either. In a way I'm not either, because I do think it was a false flag operation. And they frame people, they got them to do something, and now they're prosecuting them and persecuting them for doing what they were kind of framed to do in the first place. Does that make sense? In the meantime, looks like Russia is going to war in Ukraine, and there's not a damn thing we can do about it. Why not? Uh, Putin has been lusting for this opportunity for a long time, and now it's like a perfect storm. We have a totally neutered United States. We have the weakest president ever. He's already given the green light to Putin publicly. I don't think Jake Sullivan's going to change the equation to you. Jake Sullivan? Who's Jake Sullivan? He's the National Security Advisor. And I would have fired his ass, excuse me, right after Afghanistan. Uh, He is the weakest guy I've ever seen, really, in a position like that. Now, listen to this. This is basically, he's telling us on one of those dumb Sunday shows that The war in Ukraine is happening. Cut 58. Uh, We
0: believe that there is a very distinct possibility that Vladimir Putin will order an attack on Ukraine. Uh, It could take a number of different forms. It could happen as soon as tomorrow, or it could take some weeks yet. Uh, He has put himself in a position with military deployments uh, to be able to act aggressively against Ukraine at any time now. And we are working hard to rally our allies to provide material support to the Ukrainians, to reinforce our Eastern allies, in particular Poland and Romania and the Baltic states, uh, and at the same time to send a clear message, message to Russia that we are prepared to walk the diplomatic path to address our mutual security concerns if they're prepared to do so.
2: Ukraine is screwed. What a mealy-mouthed uh, bunch of nonsense. Ukraine is screwed. That's code for Ukraine is screwed. And we have no options. Now, Jake Sullivan, I believe, do me a favor, look this up. I think Jake Sullivan. Now, there's a reason why you need a kick-ass guy as your national security advisor, all right? You need strong people around you, not that guy. Now, he may have had good advice for Joe Biden along the way. Who knows? But you got to present it in a way that's forceful, that will command attention i believe he's the guy who said to hillary clinton in 2016 i'm looking at the numbers and you got to get to wisconsin right away and start campaigning we're going to lose wisconsin he famously gave her that advice she famously blew it off i wonder why you want the answer uh (laughs) here it is give me that again this is your answer as to why hillary didn't listen to the guy
0: uh, we believe that there is a very distinct possibility <laughs> that Vladimir Putin will order an attack on Ukraine. Uh, it could take a number of different you forms. See? It could happen as soon as
2: tomorrow. All right, or it could take... Stop, 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 stop. Uh, he's a very blow offable guy. And I would love it if the world was more substantive, more about uh, ideas. But sometimes it's about a lot of other things. It's about what kind of animal you are when you walk into the room it is hey why do you think why do you think almost every single one of our presidents has been over six feet tall we've had 40 how many presidents we have 46 45 40 46 45 actually if you because what's his name grover was it grover cleveland who was president twice one of those guys so uh, every single one of them almost. I think Truman was shorter. But everyone else was six feet. Why? Because taller people command more respect. I don't like it. I'm not over six feet tall. But that's always been the case. Why? People are more likely to give in, to listen to them, to show them respect. I wish it weren't the case, but it is. I don't know how tall Jake Sullivan is. I know this. He's Probably doesn't weigh 140 pounds. Sorry. It Doesn't mean he can't make enormous, amazing contributions. Hey, Bill Gates. Well, bad example, but he's short and dumpy. Who cares? He's brilliant. Made billions of dollars. Changed the world. You can do all kinds of things if you don't have physical stature. Running into the situation room and saying, uh, Mr. President, here are five ways to stop Vladimir Putin right now. <laughs> That's not in your portfolio as a uh, small, skinny person. I'm sorry. It's just not. Now we can go overboard with the physicality as well. A big reason why we have an incompetent dummy as mayor, Eric Adams, is because he looks so damn good. He does. He's trim. He's fit. He's actually a little bit buff. Look, has great clothes. But he's a racist and he's an idiot and he has absolutely no idea what he's doing. I'm actually though encouraged because I don't think he's going to be mayor for all four years. This guy is dirty. All right, there's something. And we have audio of him. You know, I would be one thing if he got caught in horrible racist language, you know, when when he was a teenager, when he was in his 20s or his 30s or um this is when he was running for mayor. Here's sound that, this is when he's already the borough president. He's fifty something years old at the time. And he's talking about I don't want to say the word. But here it is, cut sixty-one.
4: Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department when he one of the black and enforcement. Came a sergeant, a lieutenant, and the captain. You know the story. Some people all of a sudden try to reinvent me, but the reality is what I was then is who I am now.
2: An ignorant fool? All right, because that's what it sounds like to me, and that's actually what I know about you, Eric. Hey, he did apologize because he got caught. That's fine. He apologized. That was the right thing to do, but he said something very revealing right after the apology. Why did he join the police department? Cut 63.
4: You know, my fight in the police department was fighting racism throughout my entire journey. And I was serious about fighting against that.
2: What about serving the community? What about fighting crime? You know that there was a black police commissioner when he was uh, when he joined the police department. It was just a couple of years after Ben Ward as well, one of the longest serving police commissioners in history black chief of the department black chief of patrol uh the department he left was majority minority majority non-white uh he was out for eric he was out for eric uh what does that mean for all of us oh shoot i went long i gotta take a quick break i'll be back
0: ellie show
2: that sound. It's the sound of freedom, baby. Those are those truckers up there in uh, Ottawa, Canada, blowing away on their horns. Give it to me again. Please. Whenever you get a chance. It's the sound of freedom. Come on. All right. All right. That's enough. That could get annoying after a while, (laughs) but I am on those truckers side big time, big time. Thank God for those guys. Now they're treating them like they're total terrorists. They are freaking out up there. I don't understand the problem. You look at the video, they're parked. I think they're parked legally. If they're not parked legally, give them a ticket. They're acting like these guys are terrorists. Did anybody see Black Lives Matter for a year and a half, shutting down everything, blowing up stuff, running around like crazy, killing people, burning things to the ground? And that was beautiful. That was wonderful. That was about equity and justice. And this, I mean, it's, it's really great. And, you know, I like truckers because a couple of things about them. Number one, obviously, there's not one lazy trucker in the world. Not one. It's impossible to be a trucker and be lazy. Then uh, what else about truckers? They're very deep thinkers, quite frankly. They get time on the road, and they think, and they're very well-informed. A lot of them listen to, well, they listen to this show, they listen to talk radio, they listen to podcasts, and they have time to think. Unlike a lot of us just shooting our mouths off the time, they they get to think about issues. And oh, by the way, they are safe from COVID. They're by themselves 98% of the time a judge in the 5th circuit court opinion when the mandate was being pushed and they were pushing back against it you know the those who like freedom one of the judges said look you don't get if you're a 28 year old truck driver you should not necessarily have the same requirements even the same recommendations as a 75 year old guy you know with pre-existing conditions who lives in a home with a lot of people? I just, it makes total sense. Anyway, uh, truckers, you're fantastic. I hear it's catching on all over the world. And what do they want? I had one of them on the show the other night, Gagne. I said, okay, what's the end game here? And he kind of said, well, uh, all of it. All of it. We want all of it. We want all of it done. We want no, no more mandates, uh, no more restrictions, no more checking paperwork. What's going on here? Oh, there was another shooting. Minneapolis Police Department faces backlash after a mere lock shooting. Uh, And there, oh, (laughs) there's that inept mayor. What's his name again? Jacob somebody? Mayor Jacob Fry? Was that the mayor's name? Oh, man. He's still around? All right. So I saw the Amir lock shooting. A bunch of cops, you know, go in there and. Then I saw Amir Locke with the gun, right? Under the covers, he had a gun. Did anyone see that as well? If the cops were to raid my apartment and I had a gun handy, and I, I, I would expect that I'd be shot, right? Isn't that a fair expectation? Now, the video I saw, it looked like a gun in his hand. And if it wasn't a gun, it looked like a gun. Anyway, they're raising hell about that now. In the meantime, I'm optimistic. Are you? Things are going our way. I'll be right back.
1: You can depend on us. Enable the 77 WABC Greg Kelly Show.
2: (laughs) 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 No. Uh, Twitter war. Oh, I got into a good Twitter uh, back and forth with the Vindman boys. Remember the Vindman boys, uh, Alexander Vindman and his uh, treacherous brother? They tried to blow up the Trump administration with that phony uh, critique of the phone call. Remember this? And remember, uh, he was the star witness, that dumpy, um, goofy-looking guy, Alexander Vindman. And no Oliver North, right? You, remember, you know who I'm talking about remember this guy. go ahead.
5: you went to Ukraine for the uh inauguration correct 20th. at any point during that trip did Mr. Danny look offer you a position of defense minister <laughs> with the Ukrainian government?
6: He did, and how many times did he do that? I believe it was uh three times
2: three times. yeah, it's something else. Uh, uh, Alexander Vindman was offered to be the Ukraine defense minister anyway. The guy's a snake. Blew up the Trump administration on some with with deep coordination with the deep state. Vinman wouldn't do this on his own. He needed all kind of uh, backup. Uh, he needed all kinds of assurances that he'd be taken care of once he left government. And uh, and now he is. I saw him in two episodes. Two episodes of curb your enthusiasm. He's got a phony book. He's got uh, what else does he have? A no show job at a think tank. And they hooked his wife up. They hooked his brother's wife up. They've hooked his brother up. So, um, from time to time, for whatever reason, I notice them and they make me angry, the Vinman Boys. And uh I usually lodge a, a complaint on Twitter about them. And I can't say this was my greatest work on Twitter, but I called them a dork. Uh what did I say here? Uh and they got so upset. They're trying to get me in trouble. The Vinman boys themselves. They're calling headquarters Marine Corps, they're calling the Pentagon they're calling everybody to try to get me in trouble. Imagine that. They blow up the government and somehow feel like uh, they can't be criticized for it, that there's not going to be any backlash, that people aren't going to be kind of annoyed by that and wondering about them. Uh, So I did, and they are – let me see here. Let me see. What did I say? Oh, yes. I really don't think Vinman and his co-conspirator brother, disbarment proceedings anyone, should be screwing around on the computer, especially during working hours. And get some decent clothes for crying out loud. He is He's wearing a, t- a shirt that I think went out of style in 1976. It's a short-sleeved plaid shirt with buttons. You don't have to be a fashionista or anything like that to know that such a shirt is should never be worn. Uh, maybe someday, again, that'll be fashionable. But uh, let me see here. I also said, again, not my best work, but what the hell? You know, I'm just laying around mixing things up on Twitter. Those Vinman boys are freaks. Um they tried to take down Trump. And I go on like this. Uh oh, here we go. Oh I thought that I use a bad word there. I can't read that one. Uh boy, oh boy, I come off like an angry guy in these tweets sometimes. Hey, maybe I should tone it down a notch. Ah, oh, someday. Here I go. This dork is going to lose any lawsuit and be exposed again for the snake that he is. He should be locked up in prison. Vinman. And that goes for his equally duplicitous brother, Eugene. Now, again, these creeps were working in the White House, listening in on Donald Trump's phone calls and then running to the lawyer saying, oh, he did something wrong. Uh, he didn't do anything wrong. These guys should have stuck to the cubicle. They should have listened to their old man. Vindman seemed to think that he was the guy who would set policy regarding Ukraine or his precious interagency. It's up to the interagency. No, it's not. It's up to the president of the United States. He got elected. Eugene, Alex, you guys go get elected. Good luck with that. So then they go nuts. I put that out. I called them a dork. So what? This is Eugene Vindman. And now the the thing that I got him on, I think he's in trouble here. He could be. I'm not going to bother other than. But he says, Lieutenant Colonel Kelly, see Article 89 of the UCMJ. Disrespect toward a superior officer. Let's see what the Marine Corps has to say. Signed, Colonel Yev Vinman. Oh, he thinks he outranks me. Let's see, what else? And then his brother, who I can't read his tweets because he blocked me on Twitter. How about that for a warrior, huh? He blocked me on Twitter. Well, I know all about the UCMJ. I also know about the Constitution, and I also know about military lawyers. Most of them aren't very good. There are some good ones, a few. But there are a lot of crummy ones. There are more crummy military lawyers than good military lawyers. Yeah. And Eugene is a military lawyer, and he's not a good one. And it's extremely inappropriate for him to be engaging in partisan uh, conversations online publicly with me. Uh, I can. I am a talk show host. Okay? I am allowed to do these things. This is a free country, baby. And I'm allowed to say whatever I want, including, uh, it. again, maybe it wasn't ideal. Maybe I could have come up with something more clever. But they, the Vindman brothers are two dorks. And now they're trying to get me in trouble. Well, good luck with that. It's not going to work. All right? Look at the Constitution. Look at the Constitution. And I'm saying these things, obviously, in a civilian status. You guys know I was in the Marine Corps. I don't know what they're looking at, but I am not subject to the un- Uniform Code of Military Justice right now. I'm not. And even if I was, I could still get off with telling Colonel Vidman to go uh, jump in the lake. All right? And I'd probably be a bit more uh, vulgar than that. Sorry, but that's the way I feel. Do we want to talk about Joe Rogan? I feel like everyone's talking about it. I have no interest. Uh, let's see here. Sean in the Bronx, hello.
7: Hi, Greg. I'm retired from NYPD. 30 years ago, I was with the New York City Transit Police, and I had a front row seat to Eric Adams' racial antics. I walked into my command one morning, District 1 at Columbus Circle, and we had flyers in our mailboxes from a fictitious white supremacist police organization called the Blue Order, encouraging us to shoot our fellow cops. It was in reference to a... Uh, shooting of a uh, on-duty black police officer. Uh, Bratton luckily was the transit police chief. He got the FBI involved and they traced the letters back to Eric Adams Brothers typewriter in Midtown North or Midtown South. Now Eric Adams was also involved in the transit police uh, sergeant cheating scandal and sent three black cops to prison. Sam James, Dave Talcquini, and Mike uh, Horton. who was a lieutenant. They were fired and imprisoned. This is what Eric Adams is. He's nothing but a race hustler and a poverty pit. He was a Brooklyn borough president of a borough filled with Chinese, Russian, Polish, Christian, Arab, and Orthodox Jewish refugees, all who have suffered so much more than African Americans and so much more recently, and he absolutely ignored them. This man is, is just a narcissist and a sociopath. Hold on to your seats, white liberals. Sh- just-
2: Sean. Where were you when we needed you during the campaign? That's dynamite. You know what though? You mentioned something that sounds familiar about the letter and the brother. And I'm looking now. Was that? Shoot, Sean. How? 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 That was a big story. What? Tell. Bring. Tell me about that. I. I. I it vaguely First sounds familiar. Second. Go ahead.
7: This happened in 1991. I walked in. There were flyers sticking out of our little wooden mail slots. I grabbed mine and it was from a fictitious white supremacist police organization called the Blue Order, encouraging us to shoot our fellow black cops. I took mine to the desk, Sergeant.
2: Okay, so you you, you uh, you you said the FBI was brought in and they established that it came from Bernard Adams, Eric Adams' brother, typewriter. This is what you're telling me now. I'm trying to verify this and substantiate it. It sounds familiar. Um, How can I do that?
7: I don't know. I don't have proof, but I did see the letter. I saw the letter. I turned my letter over. I'm kicking myself in the butt for not making a copy of the thing and having it notarized. Because it was also an issue of the sergeant's cheating test scandal where uh, a female Hispanic cop Lisette LeBron uh, got the answers notarized when she was at the Guardian's uh, meeting, uh, and and she turned them all in. She was a hero, that And Eric Adams turned against her and basically slut-shamed her, claiming that she was uh, having an affair with Lieutenant Mike Gordon. I encourage other uh, cops that worked in District 1 or District 2 to remember this to call in and to come forward. Do I have proof? That the uh, FBI uh, was involved and traced the letter back to Eric Adams' type, brothers' typewriter ribbon? No, but that was the strong rumor back then, and these these rumors don't come out of thin air.
2: Well, it listen, happened. I uh, it sounds a little bit familiar. I want to look into it, and uh, as I said, these this information would have been uh, more useful during the campaign. But I'm glad you called, Sean. What are you up to these days?
7: I called in.
2: And yeah, Sean. I Sean. In Sean, Sean, over the radio. Sean. I got over the
7: radio yeah, with this that, information during the campaign. Sean,
2: hey, that doesn't cut it. Quite frankly, I don't know who you talk to, uh, but you know, you got it. It doesn't calling in the radio doesn't cut it. It just doesn't. You gotta, you gotta write letter. You worked with the guy. I mean, look, I'm glad you're, uh, you know this. I'm glad you're sharing the information, but it's not substantiated, as you admit. I, I tend to believe it but just calling in you know while you're doing your errands uh isn't it doesn't cut it you gotta you gotta sit down print reporters me you gotta go further with it
7: are you gonna let me talk
2: hey, 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 sh- sh- hey sh- Sean,
7: all right oppositional- Sean, Sean, I've
2: heard enough thanks I get it I get it you're you know you're doing your errands and you call in radio stations and you think the world's gonna change just because you pick up the phone and call a radio station guess what it's not So I applaud you. Uh, This is my show, by the way, Sean, so I'm the one who talks, all right? I appreciate you calling, but I don't need you to get snippy with me, even when uh, we agree and we have a sense of somebody. But it's too bad you don't have the proof. That's one hell of a story. Okay, let's do something about it. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Do something about it. Well, 30 years later, I'm going to run down some rumor that this guy had at his place of work. You know how many rumors are at WABC? There are plenty of rumors. Uh, Rumors at Fox News and CNN. Try proving any of those rumors 32 years later. Thanks, Sean. You're a real profile and courage. How about calling back and giving giving me your last name? Whoa. Yeah. Won't do that, will you? Go on the record. I called Curtis three months ago. (laughs) Well done. Had information that might have been useful. You guys could have gotten together and stopped this thing. Now, I will admit, I didn't think he was going to get as far as he did. I always figured he would crash and burn. And do something about it. All right. Where's Bernard McGurk's uh, not Bernard McGurk? Where is Bernard? Where is Eric Adams's brothers typewriter from thirty years ago? Let's go find that. Chad from New Rochelle, hello.
6: Folks, the long wait and search is finally over. We've got the new Bob Grant, and I'm talking to him right now. His name is Greg Kelly. That was that was great, man, what we just went on there. And that guy, Sean, his story has been heard by a lot of people. And it's just up to people who have information to see if they can get it out, get it out there and see what happens with it. I mean, I just think the next governor, if he's Republican, should fire Adams and should fire Bragg and go after all of them. It'd be like a national, it'd be a folk hero, the next governor, right? And, uh, Greg, you still there? Yeah. All right, Greg, you like, you like what I'm saying? <laughs> no, you, listen, 99% of the audience loves you, man. Let me tell you, the other 1% are Russian spies. But we want them calling in so we could tap their
2: phones. Wait a second, the- <laughs> you can relax. Sean's no Russian spy. I like the guy. I yeah, look. I, I I yell at my friends all the time. Uh, maybe I should stop doing that, by the way. But anyway, Chad, what else is on your mind? Yeah, I might get on Sean's case. He's get he's got something to say, man. I'm all for that. But the thing
6: is, yeah, you know but I he did get to- kind
2: of rude there. But anyway, keep going.
6: Well, you know what? You know the old saying there. You know, so you get you get you know, sometimes when you're frustrated like that. You know, okay, listen. Uh, you're the man, uh, Greg, first of all. People out here are listening, but there's a big problem out here in this country now. And, and if it isn't solved, we are finished. There's no turning back. What? There's too many naive people out there. Too many people are gullible. You got Ann Coulter running after Eric Adams. She wants him to be his valentine. The guy's ready to destroy the city. We have uh, the cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs in the Oval Office. You got half the country apparently likes I get it. Guy. I know. We got problems. What are we going to do about it? Well, what are we got to do? Well, listen. Now you're talking to the man who supported Pat Buchanan for president. Oh, that's right. You he would have won, Sean. I mean, I mean, Greg, we would have been still living
2: in America, my friend. Thank you, Chad, very much. Uh, Yeah. What's his name? Didn't have a chance. Pat Buchanan. He didn't have a chance, even though I liked him a lot. And I still like him. He's out there. He's still writing. He's an amazing guy. Hey, one thing about Pat Buchanan, and I'm kind of emulating it uh, kind of by accident, but (laughs) now it's a strategy. Don't make friends with important people. Don't make friends. When you're in the public, when you're in media uh, and you start making friends with these guys, you start worrying about what they think about you. And uh, I learned that from Pat Buchanan. Keep them all at a distance. That's the best way to be. I'll be right back. Hey, today we got a couple of milestones. Uh, Both were avoidable, actually. In Biden's first year in office, more cops were intentionally killed than any year since 1995. I'm reading here from uh, well the story is all over the place. According to an analysis of data collected by the FBI, more police officers were intentionally killed in the line of duty in 2021, Biden's first year in office, than any year since 1995. Let's do the math on that. How many years ago is that? 26 years. The FBI's law enforcement officers killed in action data Found 73 officers were intentionally killed in 2021, as the Heartland Institute pointed out in their analysis of the data, noting we found felonious killings of law enforcement officers skyrocketed in 2021, increasing by more than 58.7 percent in a single year. In 2021, 73 law enforcement officers were feloniously killed. Feloniously, that's a word. A felon, right? Yeah. Compared to 46 in 2020 and 48 in 2019. Gosh, that is amazing. But it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? They badmouth cops. They tried to cancel cops, defund the cops, abolish the cops. Put all of the country's problems on the back of cops. And some now want to shoot them on sight. It's disgusting. And it was all avoidable. A fake. News narrative, so much to blame is with the media and their Democrat counterparts. The Biden team, oh, did they exploit? And you know what? That if it wasn't if it wasn't uh, George Floyd, it would have been something else. They would have exploited. They would have found something else to exploit. As Candace Owens has told me, uh, they find one every four years. To, they find a new one to exploit to emotionalize, to galvanize, and uh, and turn out the vote. Hey, by the way, I'm reading a great book by Molly Hemingway called Rigged. It's about the election, the 2020 election. And if you think there are big problems with the election, if you uh, just don't trust the results, you're not crazy, and you're not alone. I'll let you know more later in the week as I go through the book. It's fantastic. I urge you all to buy it. I'd love to have Molly Hemingway on the show, my Newsmax show, but guess what? Fox News is more interested in uh, in um, petty bureaucratic squabbles than they are in the truth, justice, and liberty. So I try to have a couple of authors. Now the thing with Molly and some of the other—I shouldn't—I don't want to give Molly a hard time. I've never met Molly Hemingway, by the way, so she is not, and I've never been in communication with her. But uh when we at newsmax try to get these fox people on our show cuz she's a fox news contributor they generally they always seem to say no now why would they do that um why would they do that all right we're competitors okay hey let's be real here all right fox news is a behemoth all right a multinational behemoth we're uh we're not that yet Now, all right, you say we're competitors, fine. But when it comes to books, I think ideas are important. You know, there are so few outlets for conservatives to go to, so you're only going to let them go on Fox News? I saw Jonathan Carl; He wrote a phony baloney book in which he lies like crazy. He lies on air to his viewers. He lies in a book. And you know where, where he gets to sell his crummy books? Everywhere. MSNBC, CBS, A, uh, CNN. Now he works for ABC. They don't do that. They don't pull that game on the left. They just try to get the word out. I'd like to get the word out too. On television. Thank God I have this radio show. I and, and news we'd love to have her. But Fox plays that silly game. They're bureaucratic uh whatever it is. Petty rivalries. They're not they're not interested in ideas. They're interested in their money, status, playing political games. Uh, what's with the music? So what time do we break anyway? 58 minutes or
5: 58.30? 58.10 here.
2: Well, that's in 15 seconds. All right. Okay. Uh, check out the cafeteria situation. I've not been there and uh, be back after uh, how long are we going to be gone?
1: We'll be back at two oh five and thirty seven. All right, thank you, Greg Kelly. The latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Wow!
2: Hey, you hear what Lydia said? Uh, Cuomo may run for attorney general against Tish James. I would love it. I would love it. Uh. You know, he deserves to be back in office. I know you folks hate hearing that, but he was totally, well, actually, wait. I take that back. Hold on. This is all new information. I'm just processing it. I'm just processing it. Number one, I don't like the way he was driven from office. You should have driven him from office for the nursing homes, for COVID cover-up, uh, and for that crazy book deal he signed while he was governor, writing about what a great job he was doing, and he was doing a crummy job on COVID. And he got $5 million. All right. That he should have been tossed for. But they made, they put this phony baloney, silly case together about harassment. It's not true. It's totally not true. The women got caught in all kinds of lies, yet they're running around going to seminars and uh, you know, holding hands, talking about how they're survivors. And uh, believe women. Remember that nonsense? Believe women. We must believe women. Uh, you believe the evidence, right? Hey, by the way, some of these women were telling the truth uh and when you listen to their stories you realize okay yeah that that's uh that's like normal behavior let me get this straight you kiss them you kiss the governor and he kissed you back on the cheek and this is a uh this is a statewide scandal this is national news we're going to get him to resign because of that janice dean's mother-in-law is and father-in-law are dead, but we're going to get him because uh, he paid this doctor a compliment. You look good in that robe. Okay. Talk about a broken society, huh? So what do I hope? Well, I don't like this, James. Yet the Cuomo thing, I, 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 I'm i forgetting about all my other grievances about him. And they are plenty. They are plenty. Sending the hospital ship away. Running around like a show-off when he should have been working. Uh, What else? That's a lot right there. Now, I defended him during the uh, sexual harassment stuff because, well, it was a fake case. And that really gets under my skin when I see it happen. False accusations. And that's what it was. Quite frankly, around here, I'm going to stick up for you whether I agree with you politically or not. Was the other one who they were just making a big fuss about that I stuck up for? Uh, uh, Whoopi. Whoopi Goldberg. Don't agree with her about much. But she made a mistake. She made a mistake, by the way, that a lot of people could make. A lot of people. But no, it's, too, it's just uh, cancel culture is too irresistible. Uh, that's wrong. Hey, look, I like to... Do I pick on people? Yes. But... It's kind of part of the price you pay when you're in the public eye, when you're, when you're, where you got any kind of profile, where you're engaging the public and you're dealing with an audience. It's fair game. I can insult you. Look, remember, I love everybody. It doesn't mean I have to like you. All right. And I think that's a very reasonable policy. In the meantime, uh, let's just get out of this politics stuff for a moment. I saw something great on Netflix. I'm halfway through it. Don't tell me how it ends, but it's called the Tinder Swindler. And you know guys and girls meet on these apps all the time. The days of meeting at a bar. Where did I meet my serious... uh, Well, I met my wife on a blind date before that. uh, Trying to think. Never had a serious relationship Online, It was always, you know, how are you doing? Meeting somebody, you know, at a bar or something like that. But now nobody does that anymore. It's all online. It's all Tinder. Swipe left, swipe right. And these poor women were victimized by this total jerk who pretended to be a rich guy, wined him and dined him for like two days, and then ghosted him, kind of, and then came back and said, "Oh my gosh, my credit cards are canceled. I, uh, I'm uh, hitman's out to get me. Can I borrow a hundred thousand dollars?" And these girls, thinking that the guy was rich, said, "Sure. I mean, he's going to be able to pay me back. I just flew on his private jet. It was all a scam." And my heart broke for the women. They were lovely women, and uh, they fell for this jerk. And I swear, I can't wait to the end of the movie. I want to find out what happens to him. But here's the: we have the, prom, the promo reel. All right, this is the Tinder Swindler, which is on Netflix right now. When
3: When I first talked with Simon, immediately we had a bond. He was smart and funny and very impulsive. You can find a bit of everything on Tinder, but one little swipe can change your life. when When I first talked with Simon... Immediately, we had a bond.
2: Oh, that's it? I feel like I'm listening he to it again. He was
3: smart and funny yeah, and
2: very I did. Right, It's only 10 seconds. Stop. Thank you. So, uh, well, there it is. And I'm watching it on Netflix. Uh, it was two hours long. I watched an hour last night. I don't really feel comfortable when I'm watching Netflix for some reason. I feel like there's a million other things I could be doing. Somebody recommended it, and uh, I'm glad they did. Every now and then you got to watch it and see what the hell's going on people are talking about. And my heart breaks for these women who really just, they were all in. Their heart was in the right place, and this guy exploited them, stole from them. Be careful, ladies. Everybody's got to be careful. Gosh, you know, you meet somebody on Tinder. You meet somebody on a social media. Who the hell are they? It's a total stranger. You know, quite frankly, I think it's best to meet through friends. And you know what? This will sound crazy, but I think there's something to the arranged marriage situation. I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, we go out there and we expect to find somebody perfect in every single way to make up for all of the gaps that we have in ourselves. Everything. You know where I first heard this, to be honest? uh. When Kate and Will got married, Princess Kate and Prince William, whatever, right? The bald one. When they got married, I happened to watch it on TV. Yes, everybody watched it. It was on TV. We were covering it. I was on Good Day New York. Oh, I got to tell you about Rosanna in a moment. We had a nice time on Saturday night. But anyway, um, the the minister who was saying the mass, the uh, wedding ceremony said, basically paraphrasing here, look. Everything's kind of crumbling in the world, our institutions, our uh, what else did he say? It's like we don't find much solace in anything these days. It's like we don't we don't socialize like we used to. People used to go bowling together. People used to do a lot of things. Neighborhood had neighborhoods, had a personality. Kids played with each other. Now we're all siloed playing video games. You know what I'm talking about. And it made sense to me the way he described it. So with all of these things, kind of like we have more emptiness and we look for a spouse or a partner to fill our every need. You must make me feel great in every possible way. And the moment you don't, I'm out of here. Well, that's way too much pressure on anybody, a husband or a wife, and no one will ever be able to do all you know what that's why you know i think what he was saying was you got to get closer to god and that is really talk about talk about who will fill in those gaps it's amazing so all that to say this tinder thing kind of really made me sad about these really nice women and they get mixed up with this guy oh and it brings me back to all right arranged marriages that's not going to happen but you know sometimes there are too many choices and you go on one date and you see one thing wrong, you hear one thing that you don't like, and you're out of there. Well, there's 50,000 other of you on my phone right now. Let's start swiping away. There's always, always something, right? But it's not. It's not. Who's Dr. Laura? Remember Dr. Laura? I heard this years ago, and I wish I had stopped and listened to it. She said that when in, in, in hookup culture, You know, someone's always kind of misleading the other. Well, what do you mean? Two consenting adults. Yes, she understands that. But someone's in it for the long term. Someone's in it for the short term. Someone has, you know, it's just never, when it's one, two, three, jump in the sack. You don't know what you're getting. And someone's probably being dishonest. Most likely. It happens. Uh, Don't want to. It's true. Anyway. Oh, that makes me upset. All right. Can I hear the sound of freedom, please? That that perks me up for a little bit. The sound of freedom. Go for it. Hey, hey, hey. Do I have to do everything around here? Cut 57. That's enough freedom. The sound of freedom. Those Ottawa truck drivers. And you know what? Speaking of online apps, I am never, ever going to use GoFundMe again. GoFundMe. Now, I have funded a couple of. Well, online, I joke that I've never given through GoFundMe. I have. GoFundMe, no more. GoFundMe is not giving those truck drivers the $10 million that people want to give them for food for fuel, for whatever else they need the money for, for wages, because they're they're going all in with this protest. GoFundMe says we don't want to facilitate violence. We don't want to facilitate uh, anything that's terror-related. Give me a break. Terror-related. We all saw what happened during the summer of Black Lives Matter. Can you believe that, that they're putting those folks on that playing field, on that that level? It's awful stuff. It really is. Uh, So don't do anything with those GoFundMe people ever again. Fair enough? All right. The other thing I wanted to tell you guys about, I have to, uh, tonight on Newsmax. Uh, Oh, it's not really that big a deal, but the Adam Kinzinger Republican. uh, eh. Is anybody in the world going to go to their colleague today and say, did you see what the Republican National Committee passed? Oh, the Republican National Committee said that January Sixers were That was legitimate political uh, behavior. Well, a good chunk of what happened on January 6th was legitimate political behavior. President Trump's speech, legitimate political behavior. All those people who listened to the speech, legitimate political behavior. All those people who marched to the Capitol peacefully and patriotically, legitimate political behavior. Then things got a little bit dicey. Not everywhere, though. Not everywhere. I'm approaching the Capitol. Oh, this officer is letting me in? Legitimate political behavior? Question mark? If a police officer says, right this way, and I go in, is that what? Well, the Capitol, you know, the Capitol is not Buckingham Palace. You know, citizens are allowed to go into the Capitol. So, maybe some citizen, however, you got to go through a certain way. You got to go through metal detectors. I understand that. And I like that. I approve of that. It should be that way. It should be ordered. It should be safe. But why did some of those Capitol Hill cops let people in? And now they've really rigged the conversation. Wait a second. You're questioning the cops? You don't support law enforcement? See that little trick? They try it with me all the time. Guess what? It doesn't work. All right? I've had my ass in the grass. Hmm? Don't don't whip out that card, you swamp fake news reporters. Look up where I was between 1991 and the year 2000, hmm? And get back to me. I'll be right back. so uh great song what is this the tramps or something like that or
1: yeah
2: burn baby burn all right oh it's amazing Anyway, I was listening to a lot of disco this weekend at uh, Fresco by Scotto on 52nd Street in Manhattan between uh, Park and Madison. Now, why was I there? Because I had a beautiful invitation from my good friend, Rosanna Scotto. Rosanna and I anchored Good Day New York from 2008 to 2017. That is a long time in TV land. And, you know, we sat next to each other for three hours a day, three hours a day, just two bodies next to each other. That's a lot of time. More waking hours with anybody in the world, I think, ever in my life, even since. Waking hours? I mean, my wife, I guess, close. But I don't know. I actually don't know if, if you added it all up. How many hours is that? How many hours? Again, just, in, just that close to each other. Awake. Awake. Anyway, it was an amazing uh, show and great co-host. We had incredible chemistry. Quite frankly, yes, people saw it and it was a hit show. And uh, but it ran its course and it was time to move on. And uh, uh, but Rosanna and I have kept in touch. And wow, what they have done to that fresco by Scotto! It's got a complete makeover. They uh, it's like a Miami vibe in there in a good way. It's uh, they got great music. I've been to the restaurant plenty over the years, but. It just, it was different. It was more exciting. It had a a Saturday night is a sleepy night for Midtown restaurants, not this place. people were dancing their ass off, including me, quite frankly. And um, it was a lot of fun. And uh, Rosanna and her family, you know, they make that restaurant go. And it's just uh, a New York institution, if you will. I was a little bit worried about COVID. We all were, you know, restaurants, it's a tough business. And, of course, we also like the Seafire Grill, and we love Benjamin Steakhouse, and I love all these folks. Uh, But uh, Rosanna and me, we go way back, and it was just a beautiful night. I put it up on my Twitter and Instagram, at Greg Kelly USA. I took a picture of us then and a picture of us uh, now. Some people noticed a slight change in my appearance uh I'm not saying they're right, I'm not saying they're wrong, but uh you can check it out if you want, at Greg Kelly USA on Twitter or at Greg Kelly USA on Instagram. In the meantime, uh let's see here. Dennis in Pennsylvania. Hello. Good
7: morning. I was 33 years in the New York City subway, so I know the stuff that went down there. I witnessed the two bombings at the World Trade Center. I was there. I was at January 6th in Washington, D.C. I was there. And you're absolutely right. People have to stand up for what they believe. And sometimes you've got to get in the front line and do it.
2: And that's what I believe. So what do you mean?
7: Well... Well, stand up for yourself. You gotta sometimes face the beast. Um, the thing is, I beat the IRS, and I haven't paid income tax in 20 years. It took me 20 years of research, but the last time I filed a 1040 was 20 years ago. Wait, wait a
2: second, man. We gotta pay our taxes. You paid no inter- You made no taxes? What are you? Uh, what are you, Jeff Bezos? <laughs> All right, Dennis, appreciate the call. Thank you, sir, very, very much. Be right back. Hey, I just learned something. Uh, Curtis Slewa has a son named Anthony, and guess what? He's normal. <laughs> uh, he's a great kid, and uh, I thought he was going to come in here, you know, wearing uh, a satiny jacket from 1979 and a beret and uh, saying all kinds of crazy stuff. But, no, he's totally normal. And, by the way, thank God his dad, Curtis, is not normal because – Uh, We love him. And uh, he's amazing. The one and only Curtis. I wish he were mayor right now. We got big problems. Uh, I don't think he's going to make it. I don't think he's going to make it. I just don't think Adams is going to make it. One more time on this. I'm sorry. This is not from uh, 1994. This is from uh, the hell is this? 2019. Eric Adams. What did you do to those crackers?
4: Cut 61 every day in the police department. I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department when he went under Black law enforcement. Came a sergeant, a lieutenant, and a captain. You know the story. Some people all of a sudden trying to reinvent me, but the reality is what I was then is who I am now.
2: And what the hell is that, Eric? What the hell kind of thing is that? And what huh, I, could, I could, there's a lot I could say, but you've you've heard me. I I don't think he's going to make it. There are some significant issues uh, that, for well, matters of identity politics did not come did not come out during the campaign, but those issues have not gone away. We heard from Sean from the Bronx. Boy, that was a hell of a story, huh? We'll uh, we'll see if that checks out. And then the other thing, hey, we got to give credit to. Uh, New Jersey Governor Murphy, uh, there are a lot of insane Democrats, of which he is definitely one. He lost his mind there during the campaign when he desperately threw out the white supremacy charge at Jack Cittarelli. Remember that disgrace? It was just, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I will say this. Uh, he has requ- he's ordered the mask mandate to be withdrawn in New Jersey for children. That is a major step in the right direction. There are people out there who think kids will have to wear masks forever, which is ludicrous. And you know who's pushing that? Uh, A lot of teachers are pushing that. Now, I've had some great teachers, but most of them were terrible. I had terrible teachers, including that one teacher who hit me in the head with a math book on purpose. Right in the head. Oh, boy, did we catch her, though. Oh, boy, I was so good. I was so good. She said, I hope you know that I was frustrated that you were not learning the material in the book. So i it was a manifestation of my frustration with your lack of progress. And I said, I think we both know Miss Blank. I can't say her name. I won't. I'm sorry she was a good teacher. Well, and then she insulted me. Gosh, she was a terrible teacher to me. I'm sure somebody out there thinks... She was great, but she said, uh, yeah, oh, I hope you know that I was frustrated that the material in the textbook didn't seem to, uh, you weren't learning it quickly enough. And I said, I think we both know, Miss Blank, that what we saw was a lack of self-control on your part. (laughs) I was in eighth grade, and I'm telling this teacher who's losing self-control. We went to the principal, and I remember the principal giving her a long, hard look. And then, excusing me, like, thank you, Greg. And then I left, and then I think she got read the riot act. I should have called the cops. I uh, Maybe I could sue for punitive damages. Now, what do we have? Oh, Pence. Good. Now, look, let's face it. There's something weird and strange about Mike Pence. He He strikes me as a guy who's always looking at himself in the mirror. You know those types? There's just something so, like, Awkward and self-conscious about him. And anyway, this is him trying to get back in with the swamp, talking about January 6th and what he did not do and could have done and all that stuff. Go ahead.
7: There are those in our party who believe that as the presiding officer over the joint session of Congress, that I possess unilateral authority to reject electoral college votes. And I heard this week that President Trump said I had the right to overturn the election. President Trump is wrong. I had no right to overturn the election. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone.
2: It sounds like really wholesome and righteous the way he says it. It belongs to the American people. That's all we're saying saying that there were enough problems with the election that you could have sent the electoral votes in a handful of states, six to be ex- precise, Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan, back to the state capitals, say take another look at these things because we're hearing that there's all kinds of problems. You know, it may have become a ceremonial role, but it didn't originate as one. They didn't write this. For the hell of it, they didn't write this so you could be on TV playing with that gavel on that silly podium. All right, there's real power there, and you don't know you don't know a damn thing about power. He doesn't doesn't know a damn thing. He's just all about maintaining his dignity. Well, terrific. Be dignified in Indianapolis, whatever, wherever you are. I, I don't uh, no interest, none, none. Now, he was probably spooked by all the commotion that was going on outside. And I can understand that to a point. And by the way, a lot of that commotion, I do believe, was engineered by malevolent forces. Uh, if There was a real investigation, a real January 6th investigation. You know who should be grilled like crazy? Uh, the Capitol cops. I don't want to know what what uh, Officer Finone thinks of Donald Trump. No, I want to know about why they let the people inside. I want to know about why they gave directions to the Senate, to the Horns guy. I want to know why they escorted him inside. I want to know why those three cops walked away just before Ashley Babbitt was shot. I want to know more about why Ashley Babbitt was shot. Actually, I I want to know why that man has not been charged, Lieutenant Byrd. I mean, there's so many things that are just flat-out weird. And the fake news and the left and, you know, even a lot of Republicans out there so spooked and frightened and let them dictate how that story was told. Not me, but. it does. Tim, you got something to say about that? Hi,
5: I do. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. I, I just found out your dad went to Manhattan College. I also graduated from there as well.
2: Yeah, no, great school. Thank you.
5: And so I just wanted to pile on about January 6th. Um, So the whole thing they're talking about is that these people are trespassing. And I I heard once, and I looked it up before I came on, that the the laws in Maryland state that if you don't have signs outside saying if you enter this building, you're trespassing, then there is no trespassing. So I I was just bringing up the fact that these people may not have even been trespassing.
2: That's interesting. That, that, that's very interesting. I wonder what the law says in D.C. Now, we did see barriers, and you know, you know you're know, you not supposed to cross police barriers when the cops are telling you to go back. But not everybody crossed police barriers. And also, you'll notice at those police barriers, there weren't enough cops. You know, three cops trying to hold 1,000 people back. What the hell was that all about? That's interesting. Why do you know so much about Maryland?
5: Oh well, I don't. I just heard it online, and I I wanted to make sure it was true.
2: Well, uh, okay, I don't know. I mean, we can uh, uh, we should investigate that. But uh, Tim, thank you very much. What do you do now? You done with Manhattan College? What are you up to?
5: I am. I I work at a flower flower shop. I do flower delivery. And actually, my my boss is a Greek American, just like John Katz. So if you guys ever need flowers, hit up Q Florist.
2: All right. Well, wait, let me ask you something. So you went to college, and now you're a delivery boy at the florist. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, okay, but what next? I mean, you got a side gig? you got working on a the great big novel? What's going on?
5: Yeah, I do have a side gig. I like crypto.
2: Are you rich yet?
5: Uh, On paper, I am.
2: No kidding. Well, good for you. All
5: yeah. right.
2: Hey, do you deliver those flowers on a bike? No, in a van. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, Tim, very much. Uh, interesting point there. And then we got to go to, uh, let's see, one more. Frank in Long Island.
8: Hi. Yeah. Hi, Greg. Listen to you all the time. And I was a detective while your father was police commissioner and he was the best. Anyway, Pence could have easily said to the states that changed election law by U.S. Constitution. The legislature, your state legislature had to change the law. You did it without the state legislature. Send the electors back. And say, have the state legislatures approved these since the law was changed without them?
2: Yeah, that happened in Pennsylvania. I agree with you. And then guess what? If they did not, if nobody got to 270 or they couldn't get their act together, then the election, there's a provision in the law for this would have been uh, thrown to the House of Representatives. They would have voted for the next president. This is all within the law. There was nothing, no coup. Hey, how do you, Frank, you're, you're. You're you're spot on. You've been studying this. I appreciate it. What'd you do as a cop?
8: Uh, I was a detective. I was in a robbery division from twelve of my twenty two years, and uh, I enjoyed the job. I got hurt, or I would have stayed till I was sixty five. I mean, you know, I liked uh, I liked helping people. I liked giving people closure. My best day on a job. I was a rookie. I'm not a rookie. I had three years. I delivered a baby because the ambulance wasn't on the scene.
2: Oh huh. wow, that's very cool. Uh, And tell me about a case you solved. We had
8: a case of uh, uh, carjackings, and uh, they couldn't figure who this guy was. He he was arrested once. I says he had to be some – he had to have a record. He was so bad. He was pistol-whipping people. He shot a manager of a Roy Rogers in Nassau County. So I I finally got – I finally went through the files myself, and I asked Nicest to compare – Said so set the a prince they had with an old set from somebody that looked different. But in fact it resembled him. It turned out it was him with four or five felony prize. He had given a false name and the prince never picked it up. So he wound up making bail and committing a number of other robberies. In the end, he fled to Pennsylvania and in Philadelphia he emptied his gun at two Philadelphia cops. Luckily he didn't he didn't hit them. And they wound up fighting with him and tackling him and arresting him in Pennsylvania. We, I indicted him here for six armed robberies in New York. That was my last case before I got hurt. And it was the most involved because this guy said, I'm not going back to jail no matter what. And we knew he was a bad guy. How'd you I get hurt? I got hurt on a previous arrest, making an arrest on a, on a, um, a fraud case. And uh, the guy decided he wasn't going to jail. We wind up fighting, and I wind up hitting my back on a curb. I wind up getting a knee operation, a couple of herniated discs, and uh, it was time to go. I, it wasn't, I wasn't ready, but it was time to go.
2: You know, it's wild. Uh, first of all, you guys have a thousand amazing stories. But, you know, in when we watch TV, I saw a movie this weekend, Thief, with James Caan. And he comes up, and he hits somebody over the head, and the guy collapses. I mean... You know, we just see stuff on TV and somebody wakes up after getting hit and that kind of thing. You know, you could really be permanently hurt by not all that much, you know, right? Oh, absolutely.
8: Yeah. I, I mean, I struck my head on the ground that day. I was lucky I didn't have any any damage, although people say <laughs> I do have damage up there. All right. Frank. <laughs> I appreciate your show, Greg, and, and your dad, a great commission, a great person. Thank appreciate you,
2: sir. You. Thank you, sir. Great to hear from you. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, cops always have amazing stories, uh, That just all the stuff they did and saw. And uh, you ever meet a cop, present or past, ask him about that stuff. I could have listened to that guy all day. Maybe he'll call back some other day. Uh, But i got to take a quick uh, break. I'll be right back. Paula, don't go away.
1: You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show.
2: I am not watching the Olympics in part because – you know, come to think of it, I don't think we have cable in the new house. We just moved. I, yeah, I don't know. And and we with our two-year-old child, all we have on all day is cartoons. They still love cartoons. I got to keep an eye on them. I don't want those cartoons getting all weird and woke. All right? I got to keep an eye. I got to make it my point to watch those cartoons. If I see anything other than cats and mouse chasing each other and setting off dynamite under each other, I'm going to be worried. That's what I want to see: cats and mice trying to kill each other. Anything else is suspect. Okay, all right. Also, uh, so I'm not watching the China Olympics, but uh, everyone is saying, like, Democrats, like be nice, don't uh, don't annoy the Chinese. There, you know, Joe Biden has been saying that for years. Oh, China, we're 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 just good friends. The Chinese, right? We're 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 great friends. Uh, let's see. Listen to this. Got thirty. Joe Biden on how great the Chinese are. Let's uh, let's just uh, let's just uh, have a little competition. okay? friendly competition. Cut 30.
6: Let me begin by saying one thing about competition. I've told this to uh, uh, to Vice President Xi and then President Xi and the time I had to spend with him is that uh, one of the things that has happened uh, in the last 20 years is as the world has become more competitive it's awakened the competitive spirit in the United States uh, competition is stamped into our DNA and uh, if there's anything remotely, ap- uh, the field, we'll anything remotely approaching a level playing field we'll do
2: just fine he's talking about Chun anything remotely approaching a level playing field will do just fine com- just just a competition with you guys friendly competition uh spent a lot of time with president xi nobody cares but he keeps talking about that because it was about business if you want to get to china get to the biden's and how do you get to the biden's get to hunter that's how you get to joe through hunter all right it was all make nice on the chinese uh and then who shows up and kind of turns that on its head? cut 31 does this voice sound familiar it was China's fault, and China's going to pay a big price what they've done to this country. China's going to pay a big price what they've done to the world. It's China's fault. And just remember that. Just remember that. Just remember. you got to remember that, Greg. Totally. All right? And then, but China, they're so rich, they have this thing going, it's called elite capture. You can read about it in Peter Schweitzer's new book, Red Handed, which is an amazing book. Going through that. I'm also going through Molly Hemingway's rigged two very important books. When it comes to the Chinese, uh the Chinese, they're a little bit like Hyman Roth in The Godfather, okay? Hyman Roth. And uh Donald Trump is a little bit like the Godfather in this respect. All right. And Michael, we all know what happens to Michael, Al Pacino, is a little bit like Joe Biden, actually. Cut thirty two, please.
0: Come on, Frankie. You know my father did business with Hyman Roth. He respected him.
2: Your father did business with Hyman Roth?
7: Your father respected Hyman Roth? But well, your father never trusted Hyman Roth?
2: And that's the way it should be with the Chinese. You can respect them. You can do business with them. But never, ever trust them. And Joe Biden, yeah, as long as we've got a level playing field, everything's going to be groovy. Huh? You like that? I love The Godfather. Oh, what a rich movie. And you know what? Uh, I never paid as much attention as I should have to Godfather Part Two. Which I think some people are correct when they say that is the superior movie. Oh, it is good. And that music in the background, it's so wonderful. It's so, it's perfect. It's perfect. All right. What else do we want to do? Paula, I actually, uh, before I go across the street, I got to talk to you. Paula, hello. Yes, uh, good afternoon. What oh, Paula, how are you? What's going on? You're the one who were, yeah, I, I remember you. What's going on?
3: Okay, so uh, I empathize with what you, were, you experienced as a student, uh, the abuse that uh, happened to you, and I have a solution. Uh, because of the high intolerance that's going on in the United States, um, I suggest that there be... Um, body cams that uh, children uh, should be allowed to wear to be able to uh, combat uh, student abuse by teachers or others or other students, and also to, uh, uh, even out the playing field, uh, teachers uh, should be uh, required to wear the cams, too, if requested by
2: parents. No, we're not going to do that. I mean, look, number one, most of these classrooms have... uh, Security cameras in them already, right? And every kid's got a cell phone anyway. Body cameras? Really? You're gonna I mean, we're still having trouble making the cops wear those. I mean, are you serious, Paula? Come on. I don't think you've thought this through. Body cameras for the children, body cameras for the teachers. And we're just gonna be a big, great big tattletale society? I don't I don't think I'd like this. I don't think it's practical. I don't think it'll ever happen. And oh by the way, we got security cameras everywhere. And we almost have de facto, de facto body cams because every kid's got a phone and every teacher's got a phone. You know what I mean, Paula?
3: I know what you mean, but I believe that we have to improve our school system and that would cut down on intolerance. And right now you see there's tremendous intolerance in subways, streets, wherever you go, and also with CRT. You don't know which teachers are being uh, a little bit too uh, aggressive in forcing that down.
2: I know, but we're not going to have. We're not, they're just not going to wear body cameras. Get that out of here. That's not going to happen.
3: I think it should be voluntary. <laughs> I just stop right there.
2: Well, uh, uh, we'll get right on that. Look, they got the. They got. They got cameras in every single classroom, don't they? Just about.
3: I think that. Ah. The, I think that if parents think it's necessary to protect their child from abuse,
2: even one-time abuse, you remember
3: for the rest of your life. You know
2: how you protect yourself from everything? Stay home. You know, you're going to have to go out into the world and something just might happen. I don't want it to happen, but it might. And uh, yes, that teacher hit me in the head, but I learned a few lessons, too. I learned that I can be pretty cool under fire. Listen, I got to I got to go. I'll see you tonight on Newsmax. Thanks everybody.